Welcome back, loyal listeners. Welcome, new listeners. We are Runkle Recaps, How I Met Your Podcast. This is Season 3, Episode 17, The Goat. With me, as always, my lovely wife and podcast co-partner, Jen Runkle. Hey, everybody. It's a lot of excitement, Jen. Woo! I didn't like this episode that much. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we should always tell your rating of this episode based on your enthusiasm at the beginning of the episode? Perhaps. Is that a new rating system? <laughs> the the geno- hint. The genometer. Well, before we start, I do want to say we got a really nice Instagram message <laughs> from Connor. Connor wrote to us, love your guys' podcast, keep up the great work, can't wait till Monday for the new episode. They truly are the highlight of my week. I'm sorry, Connor. <laughs> no, just kidding. No, that, that's really nice. That was probably the nicest thing anyone's ever said to us. We, we get some regular write-ins, but that was kind of the sweetest thing I've heard, and some other interesting developments, I checked our chartable measurement or whatever you want to call it, um, count of listeners, and we are getting something like 340 downloads a week, which, you know, it's roughly 1,400 a month. And I checked our chartable rating back in January today to just see what the difference was. It was like 114 a week. Hmm. All right. So we've tripled our listeners, if that math works out, if, the, if, if I'm measuring the science correctly, just in the last two months. I wonder what the difference is. I don't know. That's awesome. Although I still don't fully trust Chartable's data since it always has issues connecting with Apple. So, Jen, just take the win. <laughs> no, I want more. More listeners. We also had somebody else write to us about last week's episode, she is a new friend, a new listener, our new fact checker, and <laughs> 80s Tiffany and nineties and, and Tiffany enthusiast Tanya, who wanted to correct me that Greece was made in nineteen seventy eight or or released in nineteen seventy eight. I think I said somewhere around nineteen eighty, but maybe I said I know I didn't say nineteen eighty exactly. So that was a partial fact check. Also, we were Jen was wondering if Tiffany was from Canada. She corrected us that Tiffany's from California. I really do hope that she looked that up and didn't know that off the top of her head. (laughs) I'm pretty sure she knew it off the top of her head. Okay. Well, keep up the good work, Tanya. Check in on us. Make sure we're getting things right. Be our fact-checked correspondent for all things Tiffany-related. Get ready to drink, because I'm about to mention the Dak Shepard podcast. Oh, boy. Here we go. They have, after they're done with their interview, they do a separate fact-check. So it's like they did an interview with a celebrity and then, or with a, some sort of knowledgeable expert on a topic, and then they, at a later date, do a fact-check podcast about things that were mentioned. But it really just turns out to be a chance for Dax and his co-host Monica to chit-chat with each other in front of an audience for about 20 minutes, and then there's about five minutes of actual fact-check in there. So, <laughs> But it just makes me think, you know, fact-checking, I guess, in and of itself as a section of your podcast probably wouldn't be that interesting if you just did it alone. That's why we just mention them as we get them. But don't make it a whole segment. But now with our new um, actual fact checker, this might (laughs) be an ongoing section of our our podcast to start. Well, I'm ready to get into this. Yeah, it's not a great episode. It is... It's a real letdown, especially after Sand Castles in the Sand. Yeah, I think this is probably my least favorite episode 
of the season, and we'll get to it, but I really didn't like that it was called The Goat, mm-hmm. and it was just such a I think it, it started out stronger than it ended up, too. Like I, There were some good laughs towards the beginning, and then it really started to falter. I think there were some really good lines in this episode, and not a lot of horrible stuff, but it was just fairly dull with a few mm-hmm. good lines thrown in, one or two bad ones. Yeah, I mean, and I guess this is... One of those episodes where they're, like, moving the story along, so I guess it was more plot-driven than comedy-driven. Mm-hmm. As Ted opens, he informs us that he's going to be talking about his 30th birthday, the long-awaited story of the goat is coming, and the week started like any other. Barney woke up in some girl's bed, and then it reminds us, oh yeah, the last episode ended with him and Robin, Robin going to bed together. Yeah. Or we didn't actually see that. We saw them making out. Right. And now we know that they slept together. They both look really good for having just woken up in the morning. Of course. His hair is fire in this scene. <laughs> it looks, the highlights look perfect. Yeah, pretty standard, you know, TV tropey kind of stuff. Yeah, looking too good in the morning. Right. Yeah, I, think, I think the thing that got it the most right was the movie The Bridesmaids, the very beginning, where yeah, <laughs> she's, she's like trying to fix herself up. Yeah, she goes, instead of waking him up when she gets out of bed, she goes and puts makeup on and gets her hair, mm-hmm. does her hair, and then sneaks back into bed with him and then kind of moves so he wakes up and then he looks at her and says how great she looks in the morning right. before he says a million really rude things to her. <laughs> Such a good scene. Yeah. Is it surprising to you that Barney spent the night... I never thought about that. To me, it seems like they would immediately be like, oh, this was a bad idea. Kind of like how when Ted and Robin relapsed and slept together, like Ted just immediately left. Yeah, that's a good point. It does seem unusual. Barney usually doesn't stay in the morning, even though the introduction of this says Barney woke up in some girl's bed, although that could have been night or morning. Right. But it's unusual for him to spend the night. I I think perhaps it has to do with the level of their friendship. That there was a comfort level for the, him to go ahead and sleep there. I don't Maybe. know. I feel like that would make it weirder. It's all a setup to have a fun little mm-hmm. scene between yep. the two of them. True. Barney starts off by saying that this is the point at which him and the woman make a little bit of awkward conversation. <laughs> Robin chimes in with, check. Yeah, that was a really good <laughs> input there. Barney talks about all these things he would usually say he has to go do, like go to a cabinet meeting, heart surgery, rocket test flight. Now, here's my complaint about this. If he's trying to get away and create disinterest from the girl, why would he try and say that he's this big shot? <laughs> right, he, make an interesting story about right. where he has to go. Wouldn't he be better off if he said something like, I have to go to get my unemployment check, and my, <laughs> I never called my parents and told them I wouldn't be back last night? I mean, just say, thing, say things to make them not be disappointed that you're leaving. But typically, you know, Barney's running some sort of gambit, so maybe he just wants to keep up the facade. Yeah, sure, that's the logical comeback on that. Robin comments back that typically he would tell her at the bar about a hookup, and it would be about someone who is this sad, loathing idiot who climbed into bed with Barney Stinson, and now that's her. Yeah, Barney, Barney's struggling because he just slept with his best friend's ex-girlfriend. <laughs> I love Robin here. Just slept with my ex-boyfriend's really good friend. Barney says, best friend. Robin insists that once her feet touch the ground, this never happened. And I, like, I do like Barney's, wait a second, let's off the blanket, right-click, save as, into the BPEG folder. Okay, <laughs> this never happened. It's a good plan. 
did it all very quickly. Mm-hmm. I, th- I feel like, you know, that kind of computer technology was a little newer at the time, so the well, right-click save and all that. But do you remember, I th- was it season one where Barney talks about his BPEG files? Oh, yeah, you're right. Good point. So good a nice catch. little callback. Yeah, very good. Did you read that or did you remember that? I read it. Okay. Well, I'm glad you were honest I, You know, it, it, it did ring a bell for me. I didn't, the exact memory of what it was didn't click until I had read the comment about it, but BPEG sounded familiar. Robin says they can go back exactly the way things were before, and I really like this line. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Robin, yes, Barney? Guess who nailed the chick from Metro News 1 last night? And just his face. <laughs> so excited. And then she has to. Then she goes over and actually high-fives. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'm going to go along with this bit. <laughs> yeah, that was good. So it started out strong. Yeah, she goes to shower once in a while when he gets back. <laughs> Till and, June. Right. Which and is a funny line. he's ready to pretend that it didn't happen, but you can see on his face that this is not going to be easy. The next scene's at the bar. The gang's sitting there. Barney walks in, and now we're, we're going to get into a very tropey area here mm-hmm. where they go on. I, it's funny, but it goes on way too long without saying what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. Now, the, all the false innuendo is really good here, but <laughs> we get a... You know, Ted saying that, Barney, penetrating that barrier, you and I are the first ones to hit it. Um, well, not the first ones, certainly, but the first ones at this table. Marshall says he's going to be hitting it pretty soon. So we think they, they we we know they don't know once they start going too far into this. But at right. first, it's everything sounds like they know what happened with Barney and Robin. And Robin's already there, so it almost seems plausible that she could have said it. But Well, and then Robin immediately, as after Marshall says that, says, yeah, you are, like, enthusiastically. Yeah. But I have to circle back to Ted's opening line, penetrating that barrier. Who talks like that about birthdays? Right. Or about anything outside of sex? <laughs> like, penetrating that barrier. Yeah, I, I, I can't think of what would have been better writing for him to try and get the same thing across and still sound like a human being. <laughs> I don't know if there's better. Like, I mean, it, it works for the bit, but if we're trying to take it as like, this is just a normal conversation that Ted's having, why on earth would he talk like that? Yeah, it's a, from us, it's a complaint without a solution to offer, but I agree with you. That is, that is a strange bit of verbiage. Lily's part is the best that when it's her turn... <laughs> It's going to be all night, and she thinks she wants a clown there. And then Robin's response is really good, too. A little bit scared of clowns, but for you, I'm there. <laughs> Finally, Barney asks what the hell they're talking about. Ted says the big three O. So I guess Barney turned it first, and now Ted's turning 30. Mm-hmm. So Ted kind of plays it off like, oh, did you forget about my birthday? What kind of friend are you? And that you know throws Barney also, who starts just flailing. Yeah, he's stuttering along. I don't want to go through everything he says, but as he's doing it, he kind of checks in with Robin, who's very straight-faced mm-hmm. here. And How you doing there, Robin? I'm good. Ted's decided, you know, around his birthday, he's going to get rid of all of his old stuff, get rid of things he doesn't have use for anymore. He asks Barney if he wants his Xbox. Ted, she has a name. <laughs> I, didn't, I wasn't sure if you'd like that one, but yeah, that, that was pretty funny. <laughs> it's stupid, but I like it. And the whole going through my old stuff and... Putting it in a box. I mean, this is all just a setup for a couple lines, mm-hmm. like the Xbox thing and right. what we get at the end of it. Yeah. I mean, but we put stuff that we don't need anymore in boxes. It's not implausible. 
Rob? Yeah. I do. You complain when I put things that we don't need in boxes anymore. Because the things you put in boxes are sometimes things we still need. Do we have to get into this on the podcast? (laughs) (laughs) All right. We'll skip that. Moving past, Robin's going to go to the bar. Barney's going to go with her. And I, I like her round of denial here. Mm-hmm. Of, yeah, she's playing it very, very Isn't cool. this weird, what, being around Ted? Why? Because of our thing. What thing? <laughs> and then, strangely, Ted comes up. What are you guys talking about? Although I guess it, it could be he's trying to break into reveal that he knows about the surprise party, and that's what he thinks they're talking about. Right. And just Barney's reaction here <laughs> is very funny. Like, he's so very startled and, like, almost folds in half. And yet Robin looks... Perfectly calm and cool, like she mm-hmm. usually is, except for when Simon's around. Right. And he says he knows about it. Just be sure to invite Stella. Now, this is, you know, several episodes now where we hear that mm-hmm. him and Stella are dating, but they don't have her. So either they're, you know, they didn't have the budget to pay her to come on right. so many times, or maybe she was filming something else. Well, and there's not much for her to do. So, what? yeah, why would they pay her to show up for five seconds at a party? I wonder. Barney says, oh, yeah, you have a serious girlfriend now. You're over this one. Robin, who, right? So he's sort of bagging on Robin mm-hmm. and trying to make himself feel better about what he did. Right. We get Marshall at home playing a video game. It's Barney. He needs Marshall's help. Marshall's kind of real focused on the job hunt right now. <laughs> right, as he's surrounded on the couch by snacks and his video game controller. Looking really sloppy. <laughs> yeah. I don't like his hair in this. It's very... It's growing out, but not in a good way. Mm-hmm. He looks better when it's, like, styled or when it's fairly short. Yeah. Barney wants to hire Marshall. He needs a lawyer. Marshall will not be his butler. <laughs> Which I guess was a suggestion from the past. Barney says he'll pay him. Marshall, how much, Barney? A little. I'll take it. Hmm. <laughs> so when Barney enters his office, Marshall's already there. He's reading through some document that turns out to be some sort of water poisoning thing for Portugal. But that's not what Barney wanted to look at. Barney... Right, Barney just shreds that file. Yeah. Barney's got some badass shredder. Got it from SkyMall, because whenever he's upset, he shops at SkyMall. Yeah, they, they, this is one big SkyMall advertising. <laughs> right. Advertisement. They got I, the, I really enjoy the product placement of the hot dog toaster, and I'm trying to figure out why we don't have one. Well, yeah, I'd be willing to give it a try. I'd like to read some reviews to see how the hot dogs come out because there's really, in my brain, four levels of hot dog enjoyment. (laughs) Did you rank them, perchance? Yes. So the worst is what you were still doing when I met you when you were 24, which is putting them in the microwave on a plate and hitting heat for 30 seconds. How often did you think I ate hot dogs that I needed to have like a hot dog cooking strategy? I don't know, Jen, but th- there was a lot of cooking foibles at your, going on in your house when I met you. I'm not much better. No, you're much, much better. <laughs> but, you know, quite clearly you were never the kid that helped mom cook around the kitchen when <laughs> you were a kid. So <laughs> at any rate, we won't even get into you cooking me chicken without marinating it and just <laughs> like dry as a bone. I... Not a cook. <laughs> you knew who you married. Okay, so the lowest level is the microwave. Uh-huh. Wouldn't the lowest level be eating it cold? I'd rather do that than the microwave. I actually used to sometimes eat cold hot dogs when I was a kid. Okay. Before I was allowed to cook them for myself, and my mom wasn't, was busy. She said, just go eat it cold, and I was okay with that. You just eat it like a popsicle, or, <laughs> or did you cut it up? Well, I didn't freeze it, but... 
I think no, I think I just kind of held it like a <laughs> like a giant Slim Jim and just ate it, <laughs> and probably dipped it in some mustard and ketchup or something. Okay. Next level up is boiling it in water, which you know you stick it in as you start to heat it up. As soon as it boils, it's ready to eat, and that's okay. Next level up is over on a pan on oil with that has some olive oil on it. And then you got to pay more attention to it. you got to move it around, but that's much better even than the, the boiled water. And then, of course, top is grilling it. I want to know where the toaster hot dog comes in between those. I'm guessing it's somewhere between microwave and boiling it, or maybe between boiling it and pan on oil. I'm sorry, did you plan out this little no. skit, or this is just all off the top of your head that you had these hot dog cooking rankings ready to go. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know we'd be getting into the hot dog toaster except for in mention in passing, but yeah, it made me think about how <laughs> when you said you want one, I, I really need to know where it falls in that ranking, in that range. So listeners, and if anyone has a hot dog toaster, let us know where it might fall there. And if you have any fun facts for how you cook your hot dogs, let Steve know so he can add it to his ranking. Why are you like this? <laughs> Moving on. Barney's going to tell him a secret. Marshall doesn't want to know any secrets. Snacks does the childish thing of covering his ears and la la lying. Mm-hmm. Barney throws a bowling ball at him, which is creative solution. I thought that was a little, like, um, like a vase, like a roundish vase. Hmm. Okay. I don't know. Our transcript says bowling ball, so I just went with that. Okay. But I just assumed it was a bowling ball. That would make more sense because the vase would break if he dropped it, but. He threw something at him. Barney tells him that he slept with Robin. And then they cut from there, go to commercial. Like even the Hulu mm-hmm. cuts there for commercial. He comes back. And clearly it's a little jump in time because Marshall's already eaten the hot dog. Well, at the very end of that, right before the commercial break, the hot dog toaster dings. <laughs> yeah, so it's sort of like he goes, Marshall responds to him after he says he slept with Robin. He goes, you slept with Robin? And then there's a ding mm-hmm. for the toaster, which is almost like you got that right. You know. Oh, interesting. Okay. That's that's sort of that's what I think they were going for there a little bit. Okay. Well, I don't know if you notice as Marshall's eating the hot dog, there's like a little hot dog condiment holder like decoration thing. No, I didn't. It was like a little that. thing that had like, you know, ketchup mustard. I couldn't figure out what the other one was. Maybe relish or something. <laughs> but it was cute. I kinda want one. What do you put on a hot dog? You do mustard ketchup ketchup. Relish. Relish. Cheese sometimes. <laughs> and I always get annoyed because I tell you to cook it and melt the cheese in it as it's cooking, mm-hmm. but you always just put like the unmelted cheese on top of it. It's still good. Okay. I, you would think I would think you'd at least put shredded cheese, so it was sort of like no American cheese is way better than shredded cheese on a hot dog or in general on a hot dog. Okay, because I would say cheddar is probably a higher ranking cheese than. I mean, if I'm going full white trash, I'm going full white trash. <laughs> Fair enough. Stay tuned for my cheese rankings. <laughs> <laughs> I actually could do one. I think I could do an easy top ten. I am surprised you don't have one. I'm going to do one. Tune in next week. This is Cooking Corner with Steve and Jen. <laughs> okay. When we get back, Marshall's eating the hot dog... Barney wants to know if he's mad at him. The hot dog is making it better. (laughs) Barney reminds him that he can't tell anybody, not even Lily, because of attorney-client privilege. Which Marshall later breaks. 
And Marshall says, you know, how can I help you as your lawyer? You didn't break any laws, did you? Robin knows you slept with her, doesn't she? Which is a joke I liked. I saw that you didn't laugh at it, but I thought it was really funny. Nah, I didn't care for it. Barney clears the issue up, saying, no, he, need, he broke a higher law, the bro code. And then we go into a montage of times that Barney brings up the bro code. And I got to say, my guess is, based on the way people are looking at him when he's talking about each bro code, that he's mentioning these bro codes apropos of nothing. Yeah. Like, it seems right. like it probably doesn't have anything to do with what they were talking about. We have bros before hoes. Then we go into a longer one about how never sleep with a mom, but a stepmom of a bro is fair game. But only in certain conditions. Right. And then, finally, bros cannot make eye contact during a devil's three-way, which is two dudes and a girl. All right. I, I've heard that called the devil's three-way before. I don't know if it's... I don't think I heard it from the show for the first time. I don't know. Marshall says, this is not a legal document, and then we get Barney fake history, which we all love. <laughs> yes. The history of the bro code. The year was 1776, which we know is when the Declaration of Independence was written. And we get Benjamin Franklin and George Washington hanging out at a bar together. <laughs> so funny. And apparently, George Washington codpiece blocked Benjamin Franklin. Yeah, he had called dibs. <laughs> Benjamin Franklin's being played by Ian Abercrombie, better known as Mr. Pitt from Seinfeld. Oh, that's right. I looked up the guy playing George Washington. He's been in like 90 things where he appeared in one episode of every show ever made. But <laughs> I, there was nothing to really link him to, even though he looked a tiny bit familiar to me. Hmm. But George Washington argues that there's no rule against what he did, and Benjamin Franklin says there should be. Yes, there should be a set of rules that govern the way bros comport themselves among other bros. I like the word comport. <laughs> yeah. It really works here. And this is such a stupid joke, but I really like it. George Washington says that he has to go to me, D.C., to pose for the dollar bill. Now, when, when Barney's telling these fake histories is he like going line by line of what each person's saying I mean you imagine that's the only way he could do right. it but yeah or is he summing it up and more quickly and we're getting the longer the the played out version I don't know <laughs> the and, Benjamin Franklin I have to do some kite flying or something yeah that's about <laughs> the extent of Barney's knowledge of Benjamin Franklin <laughs> so Barnabas Stinson Barney's ancestor has decided that he will write the bro code right and it ends with, and I shall, and I shall include a provision that stateth no eye contact in a devil's three-way. Both the men second it, and then look at each other very strangely, <laughs> which clearly is a situation they had been in together. Yeah, is the so indication I did like this joke the first, like the first iteration of it when Barney first brings it up, but it, it's salvaged by this, <laughs> right? And you can sort of believe it with Benjamin Franklin, who was apparently a giant man whore, especially when he was in oh, France. Oh yeah, definitely. I don't think George Washington was. I think he might have been more... No, he was very, yeah, vanilla. Yeah. He was sort of the prototype of the the good Samaritan guy. Yeah, no shenanigans in his reputation, I guess. No shame in his game. No game. (laughs) So Marshall's trying to piece out, like, what does Barney want? And Barney just... Barney doesn't know how to, to deal with feeling guilty about something. Right, he's trying to find a loophole that gets him out of having committed sin against his own bro code. In this case, specifically, it's 
no sex with your bro's ex. I like how it rhymes. <laughs> right. And he just seems to think that if Marshall can find a loophole for him, then he'll feel better. I've never slept with a friend's ex. I did once have a friend's wife put her hand on my knee under a table at a big dinner that we were at, and I never told him. Well, now everybody's going to be wondering if it was their wife. So, all my friends that listen. <laughs> so, Marshall points out that there's just a desperate way for him to avoid an unpleasant conversation with Ted. Barney still wants to hire him for this. And then we're cutting to Lily's class, her kindergarten class. They have a drunken farmer. <laughs> and a really long explanation of why his breath smells like medicine. Yeah, I, I, I've never seen that line or heard that line. So I guess every time I've seen it on TV, they, yeah, I think cut that out. gets cut. Yeah, I didn't recognize that one either. The kids get attached to the goat, and then in great detail, Frank the farmer tells them what's going to actually happen to Missy uh, when he butchers her. The kids are horrified. I'm a little horrified. That sounds gross. So one of the girls asks that Miss Aldrin, please don't, please don't let them eat Missy. And the next shot is Lily getting Missy into a cab. I feel like a, a New York cabbie is not taking a goat. I would not think so. We get to the apartment. Lily's explaining to Ted that Animal Rescue is coming on Monday. And Ted's really freaked out about the goat from... From the get-go. Mm-hmm. Rightfully so. I would not be happy if you brought a goat home. And the goat's already going to the bathroom in the place. We could really easily keep a goat in our backyard. We could keep a goat in the backyard. That's yeah, true. Because we're fenced, it's fenced in. And Ted starts off and talks about how right he was about how bad an idea it was because of what Missy the goat would do, go on to do in the bathroom. And then he stops himself there because he's trying to save that story a little bit. We got a lot of foreshadowing that I feel like doesn't end up paying off. No, very much not. The only good thing about the goat is the eventual murder train scene where <laughs> Ted's getting beat up murder to murder train. Uh oh. Oh no. <laughs> Not again. No, I'm fine. I'm a bull, the I think it needs to be the, the juxtaposition of the dog with murder train, I think. Let me turn Roxy around. <laughs> So somebody wants to adopt Roxy. No, we, we already did that. We are not going to murder Roxy, we promise. <laughs> Back to our show. There's a lot of jokes around everybody recognizing that the turd is goat <laughs> right. turd. And Which for a poop joke is actually kind of funny. Although Robin says it was either goat or musk ox. No, I, I don't know that I can picture a musk ox, but it sounds a lot bigger than a goat. It is. I think there's a musk ox in one of Tyler's old children's books, where I remember it was a touch and feel, oh, and there's yeah. a musk ox in it, and yeah. it was all furry. See, that thing's a lot bigger than a goat. Yeah. So I don't know that that comparison holds up. Marshall comes in as they're all there, and he's really shaking and acting weird. He's, you know, as, as Marshall does, he has no chill. And Robin knows immediately that mm-hmm. Barney told him. She's telling Marshall that he may never tell Ted. And I do like after he's been holding this soda that she says, and don't even think about opening that can until I'm out of the splash. Though. Yeah, because the whole time he's like holding it and kind of like his hands are shaking and his whole body is 
on edge. And so it was very specific. It's it's a good bit of detail. Mm-hmm. So we put a pin in that for a second. Marshall gets back to see Barney and has bad news. The bro code's ironclad, and Barney reacts very badly to this. I'm a bad lawyer. And then thinks, well, maybe Ted's not been abiding by the bro code, and that that's the loophole. And mm-hmm. no, then we get a good set of flashbacks of Ted being a really good bro. Mm-hmm. I really like the back and forth of, so he saved you from an avalanche? Yes. We can finally get to, and you're a pre-op transsexual nightclub singer who used to be a member of the Russian mob? Pause. And he goes, duh. He has no problem with him. He'll just, he's a go-along guy. Yep, he is a wingman. And then he, <laughs> there's another incident where there's two women fighting in the bar. A bro always, in a timely manner, will alert another bro to the existence of a girl fight. So he's calling Barney. We get, we get <laughs> one of those comical <laughs> things of Barney like showing up. Well, Ted's actually still on the phone mm-hmm. trying to talk to him. But the weird thing is Barney kind of shows up from the side where the bathroom would be instead of from the door area where the fight's going on. I didn't take it that way because I thought the way that I saw it was like Ted was in front of the bar itself. So Barney would have been coming in from the right where no, the door is. The way I saw it is the camera's facing Ted and behind him is the door. Because you see the bar to the right, and that's oh. the only place the bar is. And Barney comes off screen from the right, so it's almost as if he came through the back door somehow. Hmm. Which okay. could be, we've seen him use that. we see him use the back door in later episodes. When Ted and Robin start sleeping together and he goes out to the alleyway to break televisions. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and also I think they go out the back when Ted gets his whip and they're going to whip stuff. <laughs> Or at least they're in that alley behind right. the bar. Oh, my God. I forgot about that. And this next one was weird. <laughs> I don't think I've ever <laughs> seen this scene before, so it might have been another one that's never on the TV version. Yeah, but I didn't remember this one either. Barney's, Barney's hooking up with a girl. I can't tell where he is. It can't be his apartment because... Right. So Ted's outside or in a behind a, butt, a plant in her apartment? I couldn't tell that either. Yeah, and he's got one of those, like, grabber bar things. That extend out. Yeah. And he's handing him a condom, and then the girl says she wished she had some wine, and then Barney gives one condom back, and he grabs it with no, the grabber again. Oh, it's money. Okay. I thought he was giving one of the condoms back. No. But he was giving him money to go get some wine. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> so if that was a condom he was handing back, I thought, like... Maybe the scenario was, if she doesn't have wine, maybe he's only going to be able to have sex with her twice, and that's why he was giving one of the three condoms back. I don't know, in my head, I was like trying to figure out. Maybe Jen had figured what this thing was, but I, I couldn't get it. But now that I now that you say it's money, that makes more sense. Yeah. So Marshall's essentially just telling Barney like he needs to fess up. He's not going to find a way around this. Like Ted follows the bro code. Just just deal with it. Tell him what you did. And Barney's worried. Like, what if he never wants to talk to me again? Now we're at the day of the birthday party, referred in later years as the day of the goat. It wasn't. (laughs) Shouldn't have been. And now we're on the roof where everyone's waiting for Barney at the, or rather Ted at the surprise party. Lily's calling up Barney to see where they are. Barney's in the limo. Lily's saying everyone's there. Stella just arrived. Again, we don't see Stella. And... There's something there that's very awesome, but she's not going to tell him what it is. And Barty already guesses it's a goat in a party hat. (laughs) 
Damn it. They're really trying to make a lot of this goat, and it's just not going anywhere. Right. Yeah, it does not. It doesn't hold up. I don't know if it held up well at the t- or if it was funny at the time, but it does not hold up. I do like when he gets beat up by the goat eventually. The nurse, the male nurse at the <laughs> hospital goes, remember, bah means bah. Yeah, that was pretty good. <laughs> Ted gets into the limo, and Barney's trying to more or less kidnap Ted to go to Vegas so that it's easier for, he puts Ted in a better mood to tell him that he slept with Robin. He says he pulls up, pulled out all the stops, private jet, the Valderrama suite at the Bellagio. Now, I'm assuming that's a reference to Will Valderrama? I guess. I don't know what else it would be referencing. It's a strange reference. Yeah. And, and you know, a boxing match between Floyd Mayweather and a, and a grizzly bear? That never actually happened. I looked it up. <laughs> I'm sorry, you thought Floyd Mayweather may have fought a grizzly bear? Just, okay. <laughs> it was a bit I was doing. Ah, okay. Barney reveals as such that his goal is to get, you know, break some news to him that he wants him to hear when he's in a better mood. Bar- Ted immediately guesses that you slept with Robin. And then we get the reveal that Rajit, Rajit is the limo driver. Of course he is. Why wouldn't he be? Mm-hmm. And Rajit is real mad. Oh, yeah. I've read the translation of what he was cursing in Farsi. <laughs> yeah. It's it's some pretty hardcore stuff. Oh, I thought it said it was Persian. Oh, I thought it was Farsi. You, you might be right. We might have had two different sources that were... Mm-hmm. yeah. Saying two different things. So we get a flashback to Ted finding out, and essentially, as Robin walks away from Marshall, confronting Marshall and telling Marshall that, you know, he can't ever tell Ted, she immediately goes and tells Ted. An extremely poor form to not then tell Barney that she told Ted. Right. But before we get into that, (laughs) because right before she tells him, we hear Marshall, oh, crap, and then he walks (laughs) through the room with a towel. (laughs) Oh. So, remember I said put a pin in the soda? Yeah. I thought it was funny. Uh, Okay. (laughs) It's very, very sitcom-y. It is, but I like it, because it's, you know, one of those things that you have to come back to. (laughs) True. Since we mentioned the first part of it, at least. Mm Mm-hmm. Ted seems, well, he's, first of all, Ted's fine with what Robin did. And then he seems very cool with Barney. Yeah, yeah. He's at first. And I can't tell if he's pretending to be, I guess he's not, maybe he wanted to be cool about it, but then just couldn't. Or maybe. he's trying to throw Barney off and then come at him with the full force of it. Yeah, that's a good question. Or he thinks he's cool and then. He loses cool. Yeah, I wonder if that's it, where he is, like, trying to rationalize. Like, yeah, okay, well, you know, we're broken up, I'm with somebody else, but then, yeah, it just gets the better of him. And Well, let's talk about how bad is this, do you think? I, you know, bro code aside. It's pretty bad. Yeah, one, it's too soon. Two, Ted hasn't moved on enough, just because he's with a girlfriend. Right, they Robin just started was dating. thus far a love of his life. Right, he's, yeah, I mean... And this is the whole premise of the show, is, like, essentially Robin's continually bouncing between Ted and Barney. And it's weird. Well, the other thing is, you know, Barney and Robin are friends. Mm-hmm. And I think that should maybe take some of the pain out of this for Ted that, hey, we're all friends of equal standing right now. If two of the friends wants to hook up, you know, yes, she used to be my girlfriend, but we, their breakup was pretty permanent. It wasn't, yeah. it wasn't like... But I wonder if there's any play into it of, like, Ted would have married her 
if that would have been something she was interested in. Yes, that's true too. All right, yes. I would say that was wrong of Barney. She was also very vulnerable at the time. Mm-hmm. Now, she yeah. wasn't drunk. Right. Yeah, and I don't know if it's end of the friendship bad, but it's bad. And we know that this embargo on their friendship doesn't last very long. It, right. it gets broken pretty easily. Ted reveals his anger about joking that his mom's coming into town next month. Maybe you'd like to nail her, too. Barney would like to nail his mom right. for some reason. He, um, yeah, I don't think we talked about it early on, but yeah, one of the rules was you don't sleep with... Your friend's mom, but Barney definitely tried to do that. Or he at least pretended to try to do it. You know, it's still kind of unclear. <laughs> yeah, we haven't gotten to the wedding of his mom and Clint yet where... Right, but he's told the story about... Barney says that he wanted to be Ted's dad. <laughs> oh, no, have we not heard the story yet? Of what happened in the... Yeah, does that not in happen In the car their, at the airport? That doesn't happen till their wedding? I think that might be when we get the reveal. Uh, I think you're right. I don't think we've seen that yet. Oh, okay. Well, never mind then. So yeah, as of now, we don't know anything. Yeah, because, yeah, we we sort of figured this out in one of our earlier podcasts that Barney's telling that story and then goes too far by having Mm -hmm. the mom say that his penis is way too large or something Mm -hmm. like that or... Enormous. Yeah, enormous. But that hasn't happened yet. Right. (laughs) And herein is the trouble of trying to recap a show you've seen 9,000 times. Especially one that jumps back and forth in time so (laughs) many times. We're back on the roof, and they're around the goat, and then we get a Jen-like scene of, <laughs> Marshall, can we keep the goat? It just but, seems like something you'd say. But she's so cute and furry and soft. Well, it's funny because you just a minute ago were like, I'd kill you if you brought a goat home. Yeah, no, I really, don't want a you'd goat. be the one. I would not bring a Look goat home. Look what was up for adoption. <laughs> no, I, would, I can promise you I will never bring a goat home. Jen wants many more pets. She wants more. She wants more than just the one dog we have. She wants cats. Yep. And I had a dream <laughs> a few months ago. So good. <laughs> that I come home and there's another dog and two cats or something like that, and I'm really angry, like about to say something to the effect of "That's it," you know. No, and then I stop myself. I'm very angry, and then I calm myself down. And I say, "Okay." Um, we'll give it a try. And then all of a sudden, a duck walks in the room. And apparently, she adopted a duck, too. And I was like, nope, that's it. I'm leaving. I'm moving out. I was so mad at her that she made all these unilateral decisions without me. How could you not want a duck? Maybe one day, and if we live on a huge property where the ducks and the cats and the dogs can roam free and maybe a goat. My, my boss at my last job, my boss, AJ, he has... One goat or four goats? He has a bunch of goats. Oh, really? Yeah, I mean, they live in a huge property way out in Virginia. <laughs> um, so, you know, and they created pens for them. And Interesting. No, I still don't want a goat. I'll take another bulldog, though. Goats don't seem like good pets. No. No, but they, there are all those awesome baby goat. Yeah, baby goats are cute. I don't want one, but they're cute to watch videos of. Kind of makes me think of, it's like getting a little chick like they did on Friends, how mm-hmm. the whole story was about how people buy these chicks, but when they grow up to be full-grown uh, chickens, people don't want them anymore because mm-hmm. they're not little and cute. Right. I think that's got to be a problem with goats, too, because everyone's high on the baby goats, but then they grow up to be assholes. <laughs> well, I think as a way of trying to prevent the like everybody buying chicks, I think you can actually like rent chicks in the springtime. Huh. 
And so you have them for you know, maybe a couple of weeks, then you give them back. That would be interesting. I wonder how Roxy would respond to a check. I don't know. Let's look into it. <laughs> Why did I mention this? <laughs> Robin, Marshall says, you know, they can't keep the goat for obvious reasons. And Robin makes a comment that, you know, might seem like a good idea, but tomorrow you're going to want it out of your house. And Willie takes this as the opportunity to reveal that she knows that Robin slept with Barney. Yeah. I mean, that was such a setup for yeah. her to come in and say this. Oh, absolutely. And so, yeah, Marshall completely broke this attorney-client privilege, assuming that they had any sort of, like, real contract or he was actually his attorney and not just his friend. I do note on TV shows and in movies, there's always, like, a dollar being handed over and saying, you're, you know, you're, mm-hmm. I'm officially getting attorney-client privilege now. But... It didn't happen, so... Maybe. Because this is not something that could be conducted in court, it wouldn't matter. There is no attorney-client privilege. That's true. If there's nothing that's going to be then revealed to court or law. Okay. Okay. So Marshall's not a bad lawyer. So he's, yeah, he's just a bad <laughs> friend. He didn't keep the secret. <laughs> and we always give Lily a hard time for not being right. able to keep her mouth shut. But really, Marshall seems to be just as bad here. Right. And so Lily has a lot of questions about what it's like to sleep with Barney. Yeah, one of which she didn't, she shouldn't have needed to ask, which is, is it all smooth down there? She I wonder if that, is that a reference to the painting? <laughs> no, I, I think the writers forgot that she painted him in the nude. Maybe. Right, we're back in the limo, and Ted's still giving it to Barney. I do kind of like the, tell me exactly how it happened. And Barney goes, you mean, what position? <laughs> and then they start, you know, Actually idiot fighting. fighting. <laughs> yeah. And Ranjit's yelling, hit him! Hit him! Yeah, Ranjit is definitely on Ted's side with this. Barney... Barney understands. Like, yeah, Ted has a right to be mad. He can just, you know, he can hit him anywhere but the face. And so Ted just immediately punches him in the groin. As I spoiled on last week's episode. (laughs) Right. Although I think I said the word wiener. You did. (laughs) Wiener. (laughs) Can't believe we get to say that on the air. Better put an explicit warning on this. We're such shock jocks. (laughs) But we get, you know, we get... a lot of emotion out of Ted here, you know. He's he's seen Barney do a lot, but he didn't think that Barney would ever do something to him. And who knew this box metaphor would come back around? <laughs> yeah, so Ted, yeah, Barney's still trying to salvage, like, let's go to Vegas. Ted's not having it. And yeah, Barney's still trying to be a little bit jokey. You know, don't say something that's going to ruin Vegas. Yeah. And we get sort of a sad little, so you're saying you don't want to be bros anymore. No, I'm saying I don't want to be friends anymore. Yeah, he's putting Barney in the stuff I have no use for anymore box, which mm-hmm. is really sad. Yeah, the great things that it leads to. So a couple great things that this does lead to. I don't like this plot line of them breaking up the friendship for a few episodes, but it does bring Abby back mm-hmm. and the great scene in the bar where Barney and Abby are pretending to be boyfriend-girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And we get the rebound bro stuff. <laughs> right. Barney calling around to guys to see if they want to be bros with him. And then and then we get the Randy stuff. Mm-hmm. And the Randy, you know, like hiding under the table when Barney's trying to introduce him to a girl. <laughs> right. and, the, and the fact that he gets a nosebleed every time he gets an erection. There's a lot of little fun things about Randy Warmpus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, it leads to some good stuff. And Randy's dance when he finds out that he's coming in as Barney's bro. I don't know that. When he's outside his uh, glass, oh, yeah, glass yeah, yeah. walls. Right. So the last scene we get Ted you know, going up to the roof for his party, 
And then we get, like, just a real quick, oh, the goat wasn't actually at my 30th birthday. It was at my 31st. And we get a little reveal that, you know, the goat was eating one of Robin's washcloths, but Robin wasn't living there on his 30th. It must have been his 31st. So Robin will be living with Ted at some point. We now find out. Yeah, that's true. That's a reveal. I don't like this. It was such a waste of an episode to base it all around a goat then to at the end say, oh, wait, that's not this one. This reminds me of what they're going to do later on where he can't remember the story and he's telling it all wrong. Um, Where It's when Lily's pregnant. But then, no, she wasn't pregnant yet. Right. This isn't one of the things that I like about some of their storytelling is... I think it was you know maybe in response to criticism of, like, how does this guy remember every single story of everything that happened 20 years ago? You so, think that because you've read it, or is that just a guess? I think... I don't remember, <laughs> honestly. Like, I'm not sure if this is my own theory, if I read that somewhere, or that was somebody else's theory after some of the storytelling device. I can't remember. Okay, that's the end of the episode. Yep. And what do we have next week? Next week, I believe we have the Rebound Bro. Okay. So Rebound Bro is also the one where Ted discovers Stella hasn't had sex in five years. Mm, okay. Yeah, <laughs> we get to talk about potato skins. Oh, yeah, that is a good scene. <laughs> Which we say every time we get potato skins from yep. somewhere. <laughs> well, you have that to look forward to, folks. Where do you think I ranked this? 82. Much further. Uh, 102. Ooh, okay. Yeah, I think this is the only season three episode in the 100s. What is your favorite joke? I think the historical lesson of <laughs> the development of the bro code and just the whole scene. Franklin and you know, Washington's <laughs> conversation. I think my favorite is Barney's telling Robin, guess who nailed the mm-hmm. Metro One newscaster? Yeah, that's and her high fiving him for it. Reluctantly high fiving him for it. <laughs> Least favorite? I think it was supposed to be bad, but Barney makes like a really bad, like, are these drinks getting smaller? If this were a doctor's office, they'd say try again. Like, I know it's supposed to be bad, but it's just bad. Yeah, it didn't work either way. Yeah. Mine is the whole goat not being the right story in the ending and the reveal okay. of that. That yeah. kind of just irritated me. I really want potato skins now. <laughs> Can we get them for next next time we record? And eat them while we're recording? No, eat them before we record. Okay. Yes. Yeah, I suppose we can. Should we just get the frozen ones? They're pretty much as good as the ones that sure. we'd have to get delivered from Fridays or whatever. And, and then the, you have to have an in- inevitable argument with DoorDash about something. Oh, God. They're the worst. <laughs> guess they won't be sponsored. Next up, I would like to read a, an email from one of our favorite listeners and our best correspondent, Danielle. Danielle writes to us, Hey, guys. I'm embarrassed to say I did laugh when Barney told Robin he slept with the chick from the Metro News. <laughs> well, of course she did. It was yep, the best it's a joke. Good joke. <laughs> she goes on. Lily asking Robin probing questions about Barney was my favorite joke. Well, seen. I didn't have a worse joke, but the goat thing was uninteresting. All right, we're right there, yep. Danielle. She says, "Poor Ted. You really believe he's going to forgive Barney, but then he reveals how much he valued their friendship." I don't know if that's a poor Ted, but yeah, I, I can see why you would sympathize with him having to find out that one of his best mm-hmm. friends slept with... Yeah, no, that's the, a poor Ted. She also writes, I feel bad because Barney was really sweet last episode. It sucks because if Ted knew the reason why, I feel like he'd forgive Barney faster. Maybe. 
don't know. Because, I mean, he kind of... Robin sort of told him. Yeah, but she didn't tell him in a way of... Barney was being very sweet right, to me. Right, It almost made it sound more like Barney took advantage of me. Okay. I can see that. Danielle also wants us to know, because this was a question last week, that she is 24 and she is finishing up college. All right. So her reference to you know, starting a new school year was college, not... Mm-hmm. High school. All right. Well, kick some ass, Daniel. Go get him, tiger. <laughs> we believe in you. Tell people where they can find us. You can find us at runklerecaps.com. You can email us at runklerecaps at gmail.com. On Twitter, at runklerecaps. On Instagram, underscore, how I met your podcast, underscore. All right, folks. Thanks for tuning in. And we'll be back next week with The Rebound Bro. Bye, everybody. Bye.